I don't have an official intro yet for this podcast, but I have the guitar, so I just made that one up for this one, which I hope you enjoyed. Welcome to episode number two. This episode features me. It features two brothers that I met whilst in Turkey, and we filmed it and recorded it in Istanbul at my friend Omar's apartment. So it features Alp and Omar. Omar doesn't speak English very well, so Alp does some translation for the two of us. Um, Alp speaks English and Turkish, so the merit of the conversation is caught. Um, we talk about spirituality, we talk about travel, we talk about the differences between Eastern and Western philosophy and mentality when it comes to living and everything in between. Uh, it's a great conversation. These guys have shared so much with me and I'm so grateful to have connected with them and to spend time with them and to have this conversation documented basically and excited to share it as well. So I hope that you get some value out of it. Also, the guys have their own podcast, which is in Turkish. So if you if, if that interests you, if you speak Turkish, then great. You can check out the rest of their stuff. I'll put links to their content in the description or the notes of the podcast here. If you want to do some private work with me, I'm offering support and guidance. So if you want to send me an email, david at holdyourheart.com is my email address. Just send me a message saying hello, who you are, and we can take it from there. Also, if you want to support this podcast and all of the other content that I have, I really appreciate that. And there's a couple of ways you can do it. Um, one of them is through just making a donation via PayPal. So the link for that is going to be in the description again. Alternatively, you can become a patron, uh, www.patreon.com forward slash the David Boland. And there, there's a bunch of different options and you can receive different content that I don't put out normally into the uh, into the YouTube or podcast realm or whatever. So if that interests if that interests you, go on over there. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, my camera about 30 minutes in cut out. So thankfully I had the GoPro recording next to it. Uh, so that camera angle changes, but the audio is the same and the content is all good other than that i'll catch you in the next video or the next podcast or uh, on the street maybe probably not in the street okay goodbye thank you enjoy it's rolling yeah it is rolling yeah red light and Bayanlar baylar bugün İrlanda savanalarından bir dostumuz bizimle beraber David Hoş geldin David Hoş bulduk <gülüyor> So here we are in Istanbul in Omar's Paradise Garden <gülüyor> Yes And we didn't <gülüyor> talked about what we're gonna talk about so yeah just gonna have to talk about some stuff that comes on your mind first uh, like 
how's life traveling being in different different places different all the time places, so far away from home you might say where is home but yeah well like home home quote unquote I guess is Ireland because that's where I'm born and that's where I live most of my life but it's also where I've been the most unhappy I would say like if you're to take the times I spent living in other places or like being in other places I would have been infinitely maybe not infinitely but I've been a lot more happy in these places like the first time I really experienced like life and joy was when I went to Boston for a summer so was that the first time you went abroad yeah like that was the first time that I'd been away from my parents for like more than I guess like a week like maybe I'd been on like a holiday or something but I'd never really gone out on my own and like paid rent and had a job and my parents didn't know what I was doing so I could you know be I could make decisions and not really have their judgment like present in my physical reality mm-hmm. that that's a you know liberating thing yeah how long have you stayed in Boston for three months for three months three yeah months. just like a summer in between college and then I went back and it was just super miserable like hated it and just wanted to leave Ireland again and then I went away somewhere else Canada for a summer which is again amazing really liberating experience like I just did street performing the whole time and then street performing you mean the basking basking yeah singing playing songs on the guitar and that's what I did like I wonder how much do you did you make uh, for a day in Canada playing well I think if you're a singer-songwriter like me, there's a lot of other singer-songwriters, so it's like not as novel. So people are used to seeing singer-songwriters. So I think like in my experience anyway, <laughs> in my experience anyway, I made like a lot less than some of the other artists would have been making like playing like cool like electric guitar stuff. But the most I made in like an hour was sixty dollars. But then you can play for like five hours and make like five dollars. So it's not like I love to ask that question too. Like, oh, how much do you make as a street performer? But like, you, there's no answer for it really. Because uh, you can't know. You don't know what exactly. Yeah. Sometimes, um, sokak müziği bazen bir saatte 300 lira kazanıyorsun, bazen üç saatte beş lira geliyorsun. Because we had that experience with Omar too, like you know, five years ago. We were performing in the streets and some nights it, we will make 300 liras for like like in an hour. David'e sorar mısın mesela bu kadar zamandır işte geziyor ediyor falan. dünyadaki insan arketipleri nasıllar? Yani şimdi yaşadığımız dünya hep bir şikayet içindeyiz ve hep bütün senaryolarda hep daha kötüye gidecek gibi ama baktığımız zaman mesela çok güzel bir arkadaşlık ve 
karşımıza çıkan insanlar hep güzel insanlar oluyorlar. Tabii kötü insanlar da var ama hani genel olarak nerede bu kırılma yaşanıyor? He says you've been traveling for so long. He basically says what you think about the human archetype around the world, because you see we have this vision. Most of us have this vision, and it's pretty dark vision about the future, future of the mankind and the planets. But when we look at it, we see lots of great people too, you know, everywhere. What do you think about those? I think it's a matter of choosing your own reality and what you focus on. Because there is so many bad things and there are so many great things. Yeah. And the tendency right now in the collective, I feel, is to focus on the bad things. Like if you think about your parents or your grandparents or whoever, like teachers in school, whoever was like your primary caregivers, they're always, in most cases, like not all cases, but for me anyway, in most cases, focusing on the challenges and the lack. So like, for example, if like right now I'm, I'm moving toward having my own place and like settling down and stopping traveling. And with that, you, you know, you pick a place that you're going to go to. So like, I'm going to go to this place. And then if you share that with people, they'd say, oh, I hear it's very expensive there. It's hard to find a job. There's no houses. And that's all, like, I understand, like, where people are coming from. But, like, that doesn't actually help in my journey to to finding these things. Because, like, every time I've gone away in the past, it's been the same deal. Like, in Boston, there's no jobs. It's really expensive. Yeah. There's no accommodation. Vancouver, like they say, it's, like, the worst housing market yeah. in the world. Most of the time, that's the first thing you encounter, right? That's yeah. Uh, it's, like, this resistance. It's, like what are you doing like stay where you are it's safe like don't go into uncertainty but it's in the uncertainty that you find like the magic and the best things and you open yourself up to like possibilities that you're just not open to if you're staying in the same place doing the same thing in the same way all the time so yeah it's just a matter of like choosing like like yeah you acknowledge the fact that maybe there is a tough job market or whatever or there's a tough housing situation, but if that, if you're focusing on how difficult it is, that's what you're going to experience. You're going to experience difficulties, but there's always little like nooks and crannies that you can find your way into if you're open to it. Yeah. And it's like you you're you're not going to get very much support yeah. for that, but you know you kind of. You have yourself for a start, but then also there's people like you guys, for example, who, you know, share this uh, common sort of mindset. Yes. And when you're really like, tr like, tapping more into your like inner knowing and like, like having more trust for, like, what might happen in the uncertainty, then you're, you're more like you're gonna find more kind of weirdos. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to be open to experience. Open exactly, to, like that's the individual yeah. thing to do. Like that's the individual perspective. But yani bireysel olarak şeyden bahsetti. 
e, belirsizliğe açık olursan, devam edersen evet. insanlar hep şey yapar. Ne yapıyorsun? Yerinde dur, bir iş bul, yerleş falan der. Ama sen belirsizliğe açık olursan gittiğim yerlerde, ben de gittiğim bütün yerlerde çok güzel şeyler yaşadım. Ve çok güzel geçti bütün insanlar bana sakın yapma demesine rağmen. Evet. Ama sen daha çok insanlığın gezegeni şey için sormuştun değil mi? Böyle? Yani genel olarak mesela hani sonuçta teknik olarak hani insan tarihine baktığımız zaman gerçekten e, böyle şiddetin, kanın e, ve kötü giden bir şematik bir şey var, durum var. Ama hani hep güzellikler de var bununla beraber. Ee, mesela bir batı toplumunun içinde doğdu büyüdü mesela. Bu, bu da onun için mesela biz daha şeyiz ya hani böyle arada kalmış bir toplumuz. Hani e, doğuyla beslenen ama bir yandan da batı gibi görünen bir toplum. Ve e, bu mesela bu anlamda kritik onun söyleyecekleri aslında yani bir batı toplumunda şey yapıp mesela bir zamanlar sanki belki de bu hani bize böyle geçmiş böyle geldiği düşüncesinden dolayı bir büyü vardı ve bu büyü işte parayla ya da işte siyasetle bir şeylerde falan bozuldu gibi geliyor ve hani şu an bunun en temel şeylerinden biri de hani batının dünyanın üzerindeki bir hegemonyası, bir egemenliği. Hani artık Çünkü o krallıklar, de... şeyler bitti. Artık paranın e, e, gücün devri başladı. Hı. Ve burada da mesela Batı çok önemli bir şey. Hani He said that uh, you talked about the individual experience in uh, but when you look at the history, human history Uh, it's a bloodbath, but uh, still uh, there there are always some you know great minds, great people who mm. you know act doing some great stuff. Uh, and in this point, he says the Western mind and the Eastern mind. He wants to talk about it because you're from uh, Western, you are Westernian, mm-hmm. and we're like in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And we we are. Uh, feeling from the eastern, but we look like westerns. You know, we yeah, yeah. our lives look like westerners, mm-hmm. but there's so much eastern thing uh, within us already. Yeah, so much uh, eastern influence. Yeah, what do you think about those concepts I, as a westerner? Yeah, like the things that stand out for me is like here there's it's a lot more apparent like the religious influence like of Islam like with all like the mosque and the call to prayer happening all the time like four o'clock in the morning it's like right there at your window <laughs> that's crazy like in the west you're not allowed to have noise in the cities like I I, I read a thing uh, an article in Canada during the whole corona situation mm-hmm. they they allowed the mosque to do the call to prayer in in one of the provinces I can't remember which uh, but you normally they don't they're not allowed to do the call to prayer because it violates city noise limits mm-hmm. so like there's so much it's so strict in the west about uh, I guess it's sort of like bureaucratic stuff and then over here things like um, there's so many like 
blind eyes turned towards so many things, but then like the religion is still like a lot of people aren't practicing, but the sort of frameworks and like the the structures that have always been in place historically. Yeah, you can call hear the call to prayer five times in a day. Yeah, yeah, and it's very loud. It's, it's yeah, so like it's still there, as if everyone is like wants to hear this, but like I would say, like we talked about it yesterday, maybe like only thirty percent of the people here, for example, in Istanbul, are actually practicing yeah. Muslims, and then the other seventy percent are like it's a very multicultural city, so like a lot of people are coming from other parts of the world where. Yeah, but, but the, that statistic might not be true. Yeah, that's just something we kind of made up. Made but, up, yeah. but it's still the the merit of that statement is that there's a lot of people that aren't practicing Muslims, yeah. and this is still being broadcast all of the time. So it's kind of interesting that that's still going, and then like other um, sort of conservative aspects of the culture like around like women and like how you dress and like public nudity for example is totally like the people will call the police on you it's not even the police see you and then give out to you it's like people will call people the will, like people naked. will call the police on you cuz you're naked like even if you're you're in a private place yeah. you know but i think nudity is pretty much uh, overrated in so, uh, actually in western countries too because Think about it. When a Westernian uh, politician uh, has some photos leaked mm. on the internet, naked yeah, yeah. photos, yeah, they yeah. will quit and stuff. But, yeah. Uh, uh, I think yeah, the Westerners still yeah they are not over it too. No, definitely to not. Definitely not. But I suppose the difference is like there are designated areas in the West, like nudist beaches or like. Yeah, but there are none these, of them here. Yeah, as, as, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, there's not. Like, no, even, like, I think, like, Kavak, where we were, if anywhere, would be yeah. a nudist beach, yeah, but yeah. it's it's not, you know? Yeah. People get naked, but it's not a nudist beach. Yeah, you get, <laughs> yeah, you get naked, but, like, it's risky business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking about the Western, I mean, Omar also said that there's something about the money, the capital uh, that Western mind brought to the world and yeah. it is so widespread in yeah. all over the world. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think that's the most like difficult thing to observe here is like how pretty much you have like the Western prices, but then like literally like the paycheck, the minimum wage is like for example, in Ireland, the minimum wage is 1,600 euros. And if you're to convert the Turkish minimum wage to yeah. euros, it's about 400 euros. But then you're still pay paying the same price for a coffee in Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> like, it's the same. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it's same yeah. It makes no sense. And Poor us. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and, like, what I've been hearing from most Turkish people I meet here is that Turkey is a great place to visit, but a terrible place to be, like, born and yeah. because like there's issues with the passport there's issues with the currency yeah, yeah. and so it's really difficult You're to get to out Irish. yeah <laughs> your money works something and, yeah uh, you can meet this place you, you, you can 
you visit can come this place and you and can go. You know, because Turkey is nice. I think people are nice here in Turkey. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what to think about that, but most of the Tur- I've been hitchhiked through Turkey. You know, most of the most many times, and nearly all of the people I met were great people. They were just so helpful, always uh, looking out for you. Mm-hmm. And the you know weather is perfect. The seaside, seashore. I think maybe it's maybe too hot for you <laughs> too hot for me well, i think it's too hot for all of us like i mean for, 40 degrees is too hot chakma black yeah. 40 degrees is too hot it's too hot for anybody but not if you have a river to jump into dive into yeah yeah but i'd just rather if i could do that without clothes on but <laughs> yeah yes ne dedi ne dedi ne dedi değil de mesela yoga ile ilgileniyor ve hani e, doğu mistisizmi ile de yakından bir şey içinde bu e, batının hani nasıl diyebiliriz ona sezgisel akıl ve hani rasyonel akıl arasında işte e, insanoğlunun rasyonel akılı hani her şeyin ötesine koyup sezgisel akılı daha geri plana e, atıyor mu? Sadece bu şey değil. Hindistan ya da hani şey değil. Japonlar da mesela e, yatay düşünme e, şekli olarak falan hani düşündüğümüz zaman mesela bu bana şey geliyor. Ya yani bunun mesela e, tabi tarihsel olarak bir şeyi vardır ama nasıl mesela bu kadar kopabilmiş düşünceler? sistematik olarak ee, So you're mm-hmm. interested in yoga mm-hmm. in spiritualism mm-hmm. mysticism ha, yeah. uh, which all are kind of eastern uh, subjects eastern concepts Ne demiştin başka? Bunlarla ilgileniyor. Ha sezgisel akıllar There's this thing the difference between those two parts of the world. One uh, is rational. One is the rational mind and one is the intuitive mind. Mm -hmm. Intuition. It's more about intuition. Mm. You know which one is (laughs) which. Uh, Intuitive is Eastern and rational is Western. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And when you look at it, that rational mind uh, really made whole lot of damage to the world in terms of you know the uh, what happened in continent of america over the years mm. with the you know all europeans going there australia and all other because mm-hmm. uh, this rational minds uh, redux reductionist minds uh, just makes the money bottom line and when this happens there's no uh, problem destroying the planet or destroying the even if it keeps making profit uh, so you're a guy who are into yoga and you know, spiritualism uh, is asking those concepts rational mind and the intuitive mind uh, do you see 
those like as separate things or I think we require both but the the western approach has favored the rational mind in an attempt to like, to find safety because the idea of separation is so prevalent in that like I am different to you and you're potentially dangerous to me so I need to have my house with mm. my things and my money hmm yeah so there's like a lack of trust but beyond that even there's like the concept that we could all that you that each person could actually just be um a kind person like that concept doesn't exist because we're raised told that there's bad people yeah. and there's good people but even like bad people quote unquote they're not necessarily aware that what they're doing is harming other people rather they're they're trying to find themselves just as we all are but they're on a sort of skewed path for whatever reason and so I think the reason like the rational mind dominates so much is because people are just feel so separate and they feel so scared so they're looking to satiate that need for safety with material mm-hmm. by material means and it has the uh, dominating thing inside it because intuitive mind doesn't have that but rational mind yeah. has this thing called uh, potency not potency the, where you become top of the hierarchy what does that like it has patri- this patri- patri- pat- patriarchy it, it has yeah, this yeah, patri- it, yeah it has this concept so it ha- has yeah. ruling other people. Yeah, it's basically it, so. about like I'm different to you, so if I'm good, then you. If I'm, I can be better than you. Basically, that's the idea. Is like that there is someone that's better than another person, but really we're all, we're all the same fundamentally. It's like Einstein said, uh, everyone is genius, but if you, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, and I don't know the rest of it, but exactly. you get it. Yeah. <laughs> But, but the the crazy thing though about like being being a westerner and having the western mind is like you go then to the east and you see people living the way they live and for me as a westerner who's been programmed to make money and to be successful and to have you know a wife and family and a big house and stuff and provide for people like it's hard like there's so much resistance to like seeing people that live just a very simple life where their needs are met mm-hmm. and they have community and they have you know loving connection and they don't have like a big car or a big bank yeah. account but they have like what we need fundamentally as humans yeah, and so it's like that program is like so ingrained in me like yeah you also talked about that uh, back back in Ireland we have more money than you know here in turkey but that doesn't necessarily mean we are more happy than happier than yeah. the people in mm. turkey it's yeah like, like happiness is not uh, wealth in accordance with the wealth no not at all like i've had 
I've never been like super rich or anything, but I've had enough to, you know, like when I was in Canada and I was like working quite a bit, like I had plenty to pay my rent, plenty for food. I could eat out a few times a day and it was no problem or anything, but like I was just eating out to distract from the misery <laughs> that I was feeling. Like I wasn't, because you get to a point where like all the things you thought you wanted, you have them like in terms of like maybe money and like a house and whatever. And then you still, I, in my experience, I still felt this void that was kind of, I felt like that I need, I needed and wanted to be doing more creative things, like more music things and like getting more involved in these projects. But while I was working, like I was working a job totally unrelated to any of these things like it wasn't creative at all and but I think you can find uh, those type of communities in the west too yeah to yeah there and are some, right? yeah and like shortly after I did I went to like uh, at a yoga center I was in a community there for four months and there there it was a simple very simple life you know we were farming our own things eating wow. nice healthy food it was in Canada yeah Canada. yeah and but then there the issue so like there i realized like i don't really need a metropolitan city because before that i thought i, I love skyscrapers i love hustle and bustle <laughs> but then at the yoga center i was like wow this is really nice and peaceful and chill and like there's nature and you know we practice together and do things together and like there's a nice community spirit but then the Westerner program inside me was like, you have to make money, you have to, <laughs> you have to do things. So, it's like a constant like balance. It's always nagging it. Yeah, exactly. And like that's the same like right now with like, I I'm coming to an end of a travel, but all the while while I'm traveling, I feel like do stuff, do stuff, like you know make make money or do some sort of businessy thing or like make videos or edit videos or like share something on social media or like write songs or whatever and it takes away from the actual act of just traveling and like you know being open to the new possibilities like when i went to kavak which is where i met you guys i almost wasn't going to go there because i was by myself and i had a friend in a city nearby and I knew I could probably go and crash there and set up my computer and like try and do some stuff. But then I was like, that's just like a really safe bet. I know exactly what's going to happen if I do that, yeah. pretty much. Let's but if, see what Kavak brings. Yeah, and so I go to Kavak, and which is this tiny little beach village type thing. And I'm sitting there on the beach, and there's like groups of people here and there, and I'm just by myself. I'm like, okay, well, I could sit here and be by myself all night, or I can go up to one of these groups of people and say, hey, at which I did, and then I ended up making some nice connections. Um, so, like, it takes a bit of courage, but, you know, it's a pretty amazing payoff. Like, for example, before Kavag, I had no connections in Istanbul, and now... All of you yeah, guys are yeah, here welcoming yeah. me, and well, it's Amar amazing. Amar talked about this actually uh, days ago. He said 
backpacking, being a backpacker is a thing where you find your like-minded people while you're on the road. It's mm -hmm. so easier because you, it's like you're all on the same level. You're all out there in the world mm -hmm. and you have your stuff on your, you're carrying them on your back. And uh, it just makes you easy because there are no boundaries like here in the city. You're all out there and you start communicating and supporting each other. So that's what happened when we went to Geshevari. Mm -hmm. It's like a little community there. Yeah. It worked so well until yeah, we yeah. ended. And like, if I run out of food, it's no problem. Like, I ran out of food after like four days in Kavak and I stayed there for two weeks because there we just kept bumping into people that had some food to offer. And then, you know, when we went back to town, we all like replenished and you give back and then you get, you know, you just keep giving and it keeps returning so long as you're I suppose like somewhat aligned to receiving um, I think if you're just giving giving giving without any boundaries and without any like if you're not receiving and you're just giving all of the time then you're gonna potentially burn yourself out and like that goes with material things because it's all energetic right so be it your time and your physical energy or be it your money energy or eggplants or health, <laughs> anything. I want to ask you something about the language since, uh, you know, you can't communicate with Omar in the language, yeah, yeah. but you do can communicate with him, right? You talked about this. Yeah. How like, your relationship with him. I, I would love to be able to speak more with words but despite the fact that we can't communicate like through a common language like verbally mm, yeah. there's a very tight connection that we have like it's more of a heart connection şeyde aslında bu yani çok enteresan bu durumda. Evet. Yani. So there's something more powerful than language I guess. I it's what you call some people say it's energy but you know I never experienced it but being on the foreigner country you know sitting around people who speak different languages there must be some uh, bizarre experience you feel the energy you feel the vibe uh, even though because I think Michael said this uh, this, this is you know there is something more powerful than the language you feel the vibe and that's what makes you keep keep you uh, there you, mm -hmm. know, you uh, keep being there even though it's not like your hometown you just yeah uh, it's so easy to communicate with words but uh, still uh, you can you in that place yeah like <coughs> i think your hometown is like only really your home and sort of like a f like physically that's where you're born raised and that's where the people that you spend most of your life with are but what you're experiencing there 
is just an experience and experiences are I would say feeling based and a feeling isn't tied to any physical place so you can have one feeling here and you can take that feeling elsewhere that's like the idea that if you're really in tune and connected with yourself uh, you can it doesn't matter where you are you can be here there you can be anywhere and you can still feel totally joyful and content and like that's the message of you know many of these enlightened beings is that if you can befriend yourself and be okay with yourself then it doesn't matter who's around you who's like annoying you or whatever because first and foremost you're with yourself and yeah then and that will always be with yourself yeah and, and, <clears throat> and no escape from that exactly and it's not to say that you just go be by yourself forever and you don't need anybody like we're a social species so it's still important that we have this connection but yeah. if you're really in tune with yourself then you're going to have much more nourishing and authentic and healthy relationships with the surroundings and the people around you so like rather than projecting your anger and whatnot onto other people you're you're able to recognize like with awareness from outside of the situation like what's going on yeah. and like bring compassion into I've it. seen this great sentence uh, some months ago and still on my mind uh, it's the same uh, when you learn when you realize that people's behaviors are all about their inner struggles inner experiences mm -hmm. it's I mean it's not about you even if uh, even if it's a dual thing you yeah. a dual then you learn Uh, kindness because mm -hmm. uh, we're all in this together we're all in this cosmic joke uh, yeah the mystery <laughs> no one knows what's going on and yeah everyone has their inner struggles David Deepak Chopra'yı biliyor musun? takılıyor ona. Guruları evet ben de çok seviyorum ama David mesela onu da seviyormuş. Deepak Chopra'yı mı seviyorsun? Deepak Chopra Manhattan'da yaşıyormuş. Evet. New York. Manhattan'ın da bayağı which floor was he living in? I don't know. I think maybe penthouse but I bir gökdelenin en üst katında. <gülüyor> bayağı o şehrin yani, New York'ta yaşıyor. Mekke'nin şey diyordu ya guruların kendine düzgün bir iş bulması gerekiyor yeah, diye. Okay. Yani şey Tamam, okey. Bir vejitalini yakalaman için daha uygun bir ortam. Mesela Tibet'in dağlarındaki manastırı ama Manhattan'ın ortasında bunu başarabiliyor musun? En kritik noktada o sanırım. Yani, yani Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, hani bu, bu tartışılır işte Osho'lar falan. Hani bu adamlar sonuçta yaşadığın alan işte bir Amerika ise mesela Amerika'nın Amerikan şeyi oluyorsun ister istemez yani onun sisteminde hani bir Tibet'teki e, tamamen kendini her şeyden soyutlamış bir e, keşiş değilsin ama belki de şey olan budur yani hem o 
her iki tarafı yani hem içindeki aydınlığı yakalamaya çalışıp hem de normal hayatın e, seni sürüklemesine izin vermeyi hani kirlen, en az kirlenmeyle ya da o kirliliği bir şekilde kendin e, temizleyip aydınlığa yol açmayı. Yeah. It's like what you said about uh, in that book Quiet Mind. Uh, Krishna Murti was saying that guy. I mean, the guy was asking, uh, how do you live? How do you make money? Mm-hmm. And what what was his answer? He was saying. Well, his he doesn't need anything other than, in his words, a few calories a day and somewhere to sleep and every like everything he does is very much just moment to moment like he's not trying to do anything in particular and as a result of this there's so little resistance and so things just come to him and like that's you know another sort of an idea which i found to be true for me as well when you don't need anything it just comes to you like if you don't need money for example if you just decide that what you have is enough and you don't want any more you don't need any more it just ironically it just you get you end up getting more and you're like oh what do i do with this or like if you're really content on your own you don't have a relationship you don't have a lover you just really like wow i'm so grateful for like the friends that i have or the sun or the trees or this cup of coffee <laughs> and then you're not even looking for a girl or a boyfriend or whatever and then they just arrive and you're like oh hello <laughs> and and and then you're just like oh i guess like i mean i don't i'm not looking for this in particular but it feels like a good thing to experience right now so i'll give it a go and if it works out it works out if it doesn't it doesn't because you're still yourself you're still with yourself and you're still you know aware of the things in your life that are amazing that you're grateful for so it's like you know again it comes back to what we talked about at the beginning just choosing your reality it's like because we we always do have something to be grateful for even in the worst situation there's something there's something always to be appreciative of even if, like if you're if you're alive and breathing that's one thing right there and so if you're perhaps, not alive and breathing then you're dead so so perhaps <laughs> not forcing is the best thing <coughs> the sentence came up <laughs> yeah yeah Because if you're forcing it, it's like, well, it's, <coughs> it probably isn't supposed to happen. If we're to... David'e şey sorar mısın? Ee, İrlanda'da hani şey olarak din politikası nasıl yani? Hristiyan bir toplum değil mi? Bir, ee, mesela yüzde kaçı Hristiyan? Do you know the statistics in Ireland? What's the religion like that? In? They're Christian, Catholics? Yeah, Catholic. Merak ettiğim şey şu aslında. Şimdi yani David biliyordur aslında Hristiyanlık, Yahudilik, Müslümanlık gibi dinlerin çıktığı e, topraklar buralar ve e, Sümerlerden Babil, Babilonlara dayanan bir hikaye o ve e, 
aslında Türklerdi şeyinde özünde e, paganlardı, şamanlardı ve daha sonra işte toplumlar değişti. Ayrış yani e, İrlandalılar da özünde aslında şey paganlardı. Yani Avrupa'nın geneli. Sonra Hristiyanlıkla birlikte hatta bizim konuştuğumuz hep güldüğümüz bir hikaye var yani e, paganlar işte çıplak dolanıp şey yapıyorlar falan dans ederek bir şey yapıyorlar. Ritüelleri var. Ritüeller var. Uh, the thing he wonders is that uh... hala şey hani paganik şeyler devam ediyor mu? O hikayeyi de anlat Kara Çarşaf. You know all these one uh, god religions emerge from these lands. You know the Anatolia, the Israel, these lands. Mm-hmm. And uh, back from that for for instance Turks Turks to Turks were pagans. Uh, for most of their history and then somehow they chose Islam uh, it's like that in uh, it's, it's like that in most communities most countries actually they were pagans to Irish people mm. uh, uh, but then they chose Christianity uh, so he's saying basically th- there's this story uh, I think it was around here at shore there was a two base and there was a ritualistic uh, thing they do every year those community they were hopping on a ship and everyone was naked and they just goes to the other shore with dancing naked on that ship that was the ritual of that community but then they accepted Christianity you know Christianity came over there and this that ritual uh, didn't stop it continued but this time it was like they were all in blacks wearing black things and it was this uh, church chantings like the nasıl deniyor ilahiler şey you know those church chantings what are the, those called Hymn, Song. hymns uh, yeah hymns, hymns, hymns. hymns. Yeah. and it just switched to that yeah. being naked and music and being in blacks mesela biz hala müslüman bir top hani genel olarak müslüman bir toplum olmamıza rağmen hala e, paganik şeyler yeah. farkında olmadan devam edilir like, bir karışmıştır you know, müslümanla uh, Arabs Tanrı'nın öğretisiymiş gibi. Uh, Islam is not the same. There, there are some uh, rituals the Turks still do even though they're saying they're Muslim there in Islam. Mm. They're still doing those pagan rituals yeah. uh, back then. Arabs do not do them. It differs from all the other uh, you know uh, countries. Onlarda da var mı böyle hala şey yapılan? paganik. Yeah, do, şey. do you have still some paganic rituals in your country that's still going on? To the best of my knowledge, no, like there's all I ever experienced from growing up was like up until I was 12 years old, every Sunday morning we would have to go to mass. My parents would take us to mass, so church. And I resented every bit of it. It didn't none of it made any sense to me. I don't think it made any sense to the people that were teaching it to me either. And I guess that's why eventually 
So why they do you stopped. think they keep doing that? Because they their did parents did it. Like it was very strong and in I my. This too, there's this uh, religion makes it, uh, you know, common language. It makes a community too easier to communicate with themselves to support each other. Yeah. So that's why they keep doing it, even though in their inner uh, parts they don't believe in it, you know, strongly. Yeah. But they keep doing it because of the sake of the community, to a common language. And I is like it's another coping mechanism, like. You know, if you if you do if you go to mass, then you're gonna be hmm. saved by whoever you believe is gonna save you. And it's you know it's comparable to like it, you know it's fear based. I would say, like that's what any like religion is. It's like it's, it's separation again. It comes back to like the ego and separation and I'm different from you you're going somewhere I'm going somewhere else which is better than where you're going but really like the, the way I see it like if we're looking at heaven and hell like heaven is being at peace with yourself in this moment hell is not being at peace so hell is resistant heaven is alignment and harmony hmm. <clears throat> and people don't recognize that it's possible for you to experience alignment and harmony right now you don't have to do anything you just have to ironically do nothing like just let be live and let be because if you're like trying to change and achieve this or that then you're saying that right now isn't it's not good enough but really there's a way to move from like you're here and you're great and you can be over there and you can also be great but you don't need to go there to be great so you can be great everywhere <laughs> like uh, you, you're always with yourself so yeah it's like wherever you go that's where you are and wherever you go you take your heart with you exactly um, there's a wow shoulder there's a um, praying mantis on your shoulder hmm. wow you think nebu what was that called in English? Crowfoot. I don't know, maybe a praying mantis. <laughs> mantis, yes. Mantis. It's a praying mantis. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm going to make subtitles for this talk too, so it's best not to keep it too long. Okay. <laughs> How long are we on now? Thank you for... Who? Who? Who? 47 minutes. Jesus, that was long. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, cool. Well... Okay, <laughs> great we'll to pray with the mantis yes. for... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks for this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Okay.